Welcome to the Wealth Standing Podcast. This is episode 437. Today is December 11th, 2023. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, I wanted to get a quick episode out today to talk about a couple things. Uh, number one will be about the busy schedule this week in terms of headlines. You're going to see a lot of economic news coming out. Probably going to be much to do about nothing. The other thing, though, that I think is more important and not being reported as much is the rising increase in layoffs. We'll get to that in a second. First, let's talk about the calendar this week for news that's coming out. Number one, we've got inflation numbers coming out tomorrow. That's Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we'll have the press conference following the Fed's FOMC meeting. Now, while the possibility is there for some real fireworks to occur if these events turn out to be not what everybody expects, I don't think that's going to happen because, well, we're pretty sure what everybody's going to expect. Number one, in terms of inflation, I think the narrative, even regardless of what the numbers are, I think the media spin on it is going to be that inflation is continuing to come down. That should definitely be the case in terms of headline inflation because oil prices and food prices have come down. The real question is about core inflation. And with core inflation, I don't think we're going to see a big decrease there. I also wouldn't be surprised to see it uh, possibly being stable or even being up a little bit. But again, I think if that occurred, unless it was drastic, the media narrative is going to focus on the headline inflation, that oil prices are coming down, and overall people have more money in their pocketbook to spend. The important thing about core inflation remaining so stubbornly high is that may be the really sticky part of inflation that makes it tough for the Federal Reserve to get that number closer to the 2% that they want. Because right now it's running around 4 We had an announcement on Friday that wage inflation is continuing at 4%. And I think that's really the key factor, and that's why I'm going to try and tie all this into what we're seeing now with the unemployment rate and layoffs. And again, this is a little counterintuitive because on Friday, the unemployment rate actually went down instead of up. A lot of people were anticipating that it would go down. Now, some of that is balance sheet engineering because, you know, the worker strikes over the past few months that have gotten resolved, the auto workers and the Screen Actors Guild and those people that have come back into the workforce, that kind of skews the numbers some. Then, of course, you have seasonality with more retail workers around the holiday season and, and things like that. But bottom line is that we are not seeing an uptick or rise in unemployment. And that's really the entire purpose of why the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates so aggressively over the past you know 18 months or so. And this is also why so many people have been anticipating a recession, me included. If you look at any recession, well, not any, if you look at most recessions, especially in the modern era, they've all occurred because the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates. That's the purpose of raising interest rates. Whenever the economy gets too hot, the Federal Reserve wants to put restrictions in there. They want to put some additional friction to decrease demand to get the business cycle more in line with the amount of money that's available in the system to be spent. They want that to be in balance with the amount of goods and services that are available to be purchased. So during times of a slowing economy, that's when the Federal Reserve is going to try and goose the economy 
to help get it into the next phase of the business cycle, which is the next growth phase. And the question really with trying to determine when to get in and out of the stock market is where are we at in that business cycle? Now, hopefully later this week, I'm going to put out a blog post that shows a little bit of a comparison with the business cycle and something that's been very interesting lately, and that's the rise in gold prices. Now, gold has dropped back down below 2000 and so perhaps we're not going to see a breakout in gold. But I do want to show a comparison between rising gold prices and how that may or may not be good for the stock market. You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, if gold's going up, that's bad for the market. You'll hear other people say, well, if gold's going up, that's good for the stock market. Like many things in life, it all depends. And in my opinion, what it primarily depends on is where are we at in the business cycle. And eh, I'm digressing here, but hopefully later this week I'll get a blog post out about that, and then I'll probably follow that up with a podcast episode as well. In any case, back to the headline news that's coming out this week. The, the other big thing on Wednesday, as I mentioned, the Federal Reserve FOMC meeting. They'll have their press conference It's very unlikely they're going to raise interest rates, although I could make the case why they should, but they probably won't. And everyone is expecting that they won't, so that's pretty much already priced into the market. I also would expect Chairman Powell to come out and remain very hawkish, like he has been for, you know, the better part of probably 18 months. But the market does not seem to believe that he is going to keep rates higher for longer. We'll have to wait and see. If you look at 10-year interest rates, We're effectively where we were a year ago, a little more than a year ago, back in September, October timeframe of last year when the market had a major crash and pullback. Now, we recovered from that multiple times, but essentially all the things that people were worried about a year ago that we were going to have a recession in 2023, well, those things are all panning out at this point. We have high or higher interest rates and we have a weakening in the economy. But the narrative is that things are going to get better and we've seen the worst of it. And I'm not so sure that's really what's happening. And that really takes us to the layoff situation. Now, you're not hearing as much in the headlines about layoffs. I am anecdotally hearing from my network that layoffs are in the increase. And this is particularly with smaller or mid-sized companies. That's one reason it isn't in the news as much because, you know, the media wants to report when Microsoft or Apple or somebody like that lays off. But what's more important to the economy is when mid and especially smaller size companies lay off because that's where the vast number of people are employed. And just to look at that from a perspective of these high-tech companies, you know, if, if Apple were to have a layoff tomorrow, it would be all over the news headlines But a layoff at Apple is pretty insignificant. You know, the entire global workforce of Apple is only about 160,000 people. Now think about that. Apple is the largest publicly traded company in the world in terms of market capitalization. Nearly $3 trillion. And yet, they only employ about 160,000 people. When you consider that the U.S. workforce consists of some, you know, depends on how you calculate it, but somewhere in the neighborhood of available workforce of about 260 million people, that 160,000 people employed at Apple is totally insignificant. But again, that's where the media focuses, and that was a lot of the bad news about this time last year, 
because there were a lot of big, high-tech, high-profile layoffs in December of 2022 and January of 2023. What I think we're seeing happen now, though, is that higher interest rates are finally having an impact on the economy, and we're seeing more layoffs at mid-size and smaller companies. Now, a couple things about that, and this is good news, bad news. Let's talk about the good news first. And you say, how can it be good news when people lose their jobs? Well, you have to understand that the whole intent of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates is to make people lose their jobs. That's the purpose. You know, they talk about a dual mandate, and their dual mandate is really just marketing. It's their advertising. It's the optics they want to present. You know, they want to say that they're there to have stable pricing and maximum employment. But really, what the Federal Reserve is there for and all the central banks around the world, and and this isn't a complaint. I know a lot of people say they hate the Federal Reserve and they hate the bankers, and look, none of that stuff matters to me. I look at the Federal Reserve and the central banks for what they are, which is a major force in the global economy. And whether I like what they do or not, it just doesn't matter, right? What matters is, is what they do. And they're going to keep doing it whether I like it or not. So I don't have a positive or a negative opinion about the Federal Reserve or central banks in general. My job as an investor is to just to understand the environment and the climate we're in. And just like if I'm managing my garden, I want my efforts to work with nature and not against nature. So right now, you know, I live in Utah. It's December. I'm obviously not planting tomatoes because it's wintertime. And no matter how much I would want those tomatoes to grow, they're not going to grow in the frozen, snowy ground of Utah. So just as I want to work with nature in terms of how I would grow a garden, I want to do the same thing in terms of how I want to invest. And the Federal Reserve, for now, is the center of gravity pretty much with the global economy. So I don't want to ignore them. I don't want to criticize them. I don't want to hate on them. I want to try and understand their impact so I can invest accordingly. So getting back to their mandate, they talk about stable prices and maximum employment. Another way to look at that is to say that they want to manage inflation by capping wages or by preventing wages from getting out of control. So they're not going to come out and say, hey, we're going to have stable prices by minimizing wages. Politically, no one would like that. So they talk about maximum employment. But it's really about controlling wages because, particularly in the United States, the biggest impact an employer has is the cost of labor. And when the cost of labor gets out of hand, you have rising inflation and you, in fact, get into an inflation spiral. The way you'd nip that in the bud is to have a recession, or another way to say that, to have a slowdown in the economy so that there's less employment, so that workers are not demanding increasing wages and so that prices can be stabilized. Now, there's more to it than that, because there is the supply side, and we saw that take place during the pandemic, but that's really not where we are right now. For the most part, supply systems are getting more stabilized, and not necessarily back to where they were, because I do think we've seen peak globalization, which is an argument for why we are going to have higher inflation in the future. But for the most part, the biggest inflationary forces that we're seeing right now are coming from things like rent or the cost of real estate and labor costs. And like I said, last week, we saw labor costs continuing to rise at about a 4% increase year over year. 
It's very hard to control inflation in an environment where you have a tight labor market and increasing cost of labor. But we are starting to generally see the economy slow down, especially globally. If you look at the price of oil that I mentioned, it's coming down. Well, why is it coming down? It's coming down because we have more supply than demand. Globally, the Asian countries, and specifically China, are not using as much oil as was anticipated. And it's not just oil, it's most commodities. Take a look at copper. Copper is stuck in about that 375 a pound, 385 a pound range. And if we were seeing an accelerating global economy, and especially an economy that's talking about an energy transition, then we should be seeing much more demand for copper. And if we were, the prices would be going up. They wouldn't be coming down or being stable. So the overall economy is slowing down, and that's the good news about what the Federal Reserve has done with raising interest rates. They've gotten interest rates back up close to what I would say is normal. I think they should really still be higher because for the last 10 to 15 years, monetary policy has been so easy that they've drastically distorted the cost of money. And so we're really just getting back to where we should be. And with these rising rates, again, the good news is, is that the economy hasn't fallen off a cliff, which again is an argument as to that the Federal Reserve has kept rates too low for too long. Of course, the bad news in all this is for the people that will be losing their jobs as the economy either slows down or even if it just moderates. Remember what Ronald Reagan said about the economy and employment. He said, whenever your neighbor loses their job, it's a recession. But when you lose your job, it's a depression. And so that's the bad side of a slowing economy and these rising interest rates and the fact that they're very likely going to be higher for longer is that more people are going to lose their jobs and for them it will be a depression even though for the rest of us it may only be a recession or possibly even just a soft landing and overall that will be good for the economy because it'll move us into the next advancing stages of the business cycle. So as always, there's winners and losers. But what I'm seeing in the economy right now, and especially a lot of this is anecdotal information I'm receiving from people I know, from people at my client base, obviously from those of you in the audience that send me emails, I am hearing about an increase in layoffs. And it's not so much in people I know getting laid off, but it's people saying, hey, my neighbor got laid off or somebody they know got laid off. And again, these tend to be at smaller or mid-sized companies. Think about the magnitude of layoffs occurring at these small and mid-sized companies. You know, if Apple were to lay off 5% of their workforce, it would be huge headline news. But really, it would only be about, you know, 8,000 people being laid off. Now think about if there's only a 1% reduction in force in these small and mid-sized companies. Well, that ends up being, you know, maybe 2.5 million people. And so it's not necessarily newsworthy, but it has a huge impact on the economy. And a rule of thumb for the impact that unemployment has on the economy really comes into that corporate profit margin. And again, this is why so many people thought with, and again, me included, thought with rising interest rates going up so much this past year, we would hit a recession by now because generally a rule of thumb concept is that when you raise interest rates, you get rising unemployment, and a 1% rise in unemployment corresponds roughly to a 10% decrease in corporate profits. 
Now you're saying, wait a minute, John, you said that decreasing wages is good for corporate profits. How can a rise in unemployment cause such a drastic decrease in corporate profits? Well, again, it's that initial phase. The Federal Reserve has a restrictive monetary policy where they raise rates. What that is designed to do is to depress or at least reduce or slow the growth rate of consumption. So interest rates go up. That means less people can afford houses, less people can afford new cars, less people can afford to buy things on their credit cards because their cost of interest, the cost of money has gone up. So naturally what happens when the consumer stops spending, that reduces consumption. And when companies have decreasing sales, they don't need as many employees and so they lay people off. And then those people that get laid off, they not only have to deal with higher interest rates, but they have to deal with the fact that they've lost their paycheck. And since you have you know, the vast majority, over 60% of people living paycheck to paycheck, whether they're high income earners or not, once they lose their job, they soon max out their credit. And so now you have the double effect of consumers can't purchase because interest rates are too high and they can't purchase because they've lost their source of income. So what happens is you have an even drastic decrease in consumption and then companies therefore have to reduce their workforce by even more people and that's how you get into an upward spiral of unemployment. And generally, you know, that's what happens with unemployment like most things. It goes up slowly and then suddenly. And so it's during that period of rising unemployment when you're adjusting from one phase of the business cycle to the next that corporate profits go down, they can go down substantially. But again, the good news in all this, and this is why you shouldn't panic over a recession, I actually really look forward to them, is that recovery phase. Because as companies go into the next phase of the business cycle with less employees, then they're leaner and they're meaner and they produce more profits. So long-term, recessions help clear the decks, reduce the cost of overall labor, make companies more effective, more efficient, more productive. It also puts out of business the zombie companies that are less productive and weren't making any money anyways, and were generally oversupplying the system. And again, that's how you move into a whole different phase of the business cycle. So what I'd encourage you to do is kind of ignore what happens this week in the headlines because the FOMC meeting and the inflation report are probably not going to be that meaningful. But what you really want to watch for is where the unemployment rate is headed. We want to look for upticks in the unemployment rate. And we're going to see that first by layoffs at these smaller and mid-sized companies, which may be under the radar until they're not. So hey, as always, until next time, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.